Welcome to our continuing educational webinar series. I am Katherine Short, Partnership Marketing Manager for First Healthcare Compliance. At First Healthcare Compliance, we help you with a comprehensive compliance management solution tailored to your business. A hospital, hospital network, healthcare practice of any size, billing company, or skilled nursing facility, and we manage every aspect of a compliance program and our training library provides hundreds of modules that are easy to assign and track. As part of our complimentary educational webinar series, we bring you experts from around the country to discuss relevant topics in the healthcare industry. We are so pleased to have William J. McBrow, co-founder and chief security advisor at MC Global Tech, a Washington DC based information security consulting firm helping clients protect their brand, data, and clients from cybersecurity threats and data breaches. MC Global Tech's managed compliance and security services help small businesses without in-house security staff perform critical functions like risk assessments, compliance audits, security awareness training, and monitor for cyber threats like phishing and ransomware. Mr. McBurrow, is an information assurance and cybersecurity leader, researcher, educator, and entrepreneur with an extensive background managing, designing, and implementing medium and large enterprise physical and information technology security solutions and programs. For more than 20 years, Mr. McBurrow has helped organizations around the world build security and risk management programs. His experience spans the spectrum from small e-commerce startups to multi-campus state and federal government agencies to global financial sector organizations. Before we begin, I would like to mention at First Healthcare Compliance, we strive to serve as a trusted resource for compliance professionals. And every month we celebrate their hard work and dedication with our Compliance Super Ninja recognition. Today, our team is turning the spotlight on Super Ninja, Dina Green, Billing Manager at Community Link Consulting of Washington State. Congratulations, Dina. Our team is honored to have the privilege of working with you. A copy of the slides is available for download on the control panel. Feel free to submit questions into the question box on your control panel during the presentation. We'll address questions at the conclusion of the presentation. Your PACOM and PMI CEU certificates will be emailed to you following the broadcast. Your PACOM certificate will come directly from PACOM and your PMI certificate will come from our email. There is no need to request either one. Additional CEU opportunities will be available to BC Advantage members following the live broadcast. See their website for details. So William, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Catherine, it's my pleasure, uh, and I'm happy to be with you. Thank you. So I, I certainly appreciate the invite. Uh, and first, let me start by um, congratulating um, Dina. Uh, job well done. Um, so today we're going to talk about ransomware. Why do we care? Why is it um, top of mind for healthcare organizations today? Um, what can we do about it? Uh, we're going to focus on 
identifying the 10 best practices that healthcare organizations uh, and healthcare supporting organizations can and should implement to prepare for the inevitable, right? Inevitable as in, it's not a matter of if this is going to happen to you, it's a matter of when it's going to happen to you. Uh, because that's just the nature of cyber threats today. And it's best to be prepared. So, um, you know, catchment has, has, has provided uh, in, an extensive, uh, you know, overview of my background, but real briefly, you know, I'm the co-founder and chief security advisor at MC Global Tech. Um, and I'm going to chat a little bit about what it is that, that uh, we do. Uh, currently, I'm also the chief security and compliance officer at, at um, Posture Inc. Posture Inc. is an effort to you know, provide security risk management services uh, to small businesses that don't have the ability to hire security firms. Um, over the past, you know, almost 14 years, I've, I've been a cybersecurity professor. So I've taught at universities and you know, thousands of students all over the world, um, focused on sort of developing the next generation of cybersecurity professionals uh, because they are so in need um, today. So I'm a security and um, risk management um, advisor to all of our you know, clients. And we strive for MC Global Tech to be a trusted partner to all the organizations that we work with. So essentially, what do we do at MC Global Tech, right? So we have a combination um, of, of services that we provide primarily to small business clients to help them protect themselves, their clients, their employees against uh, cyber threats, including um, ransomware. And the way we do that, right, uh, is through a combination of, of um, consultant services. Uh, we provide an advisory, you know, um, business executive advisory, security assessment, and engineering support, um, as well as, you know, a set of um, managed um, security services. We provide a managed security service that I will highlight throughout the presentation as well as a managed um, compliance um, service. A lot of the firms that we support work in highly regulated industries, including healthcare, you know, government contracting, uh, financial services, and they have a need to have a formalized security risk compliance program that is actually auditable. And we help them by providing um, the means of supporting and building and maintaining such a program. So what's on our agenda today is twofold, right? One, to create an understanding of the ransomware risk. What is it? What has the landscape looked like over the past year? Where are the trends going in 2021? And we'll look briefly at a couple of case studies. What happened? How did it happen? How can you prevent that from happening to you? And then we're going to get into our 10 best practices that all organizations should adapt today. So section one, know your risk. You cannot manage your risk with offers fully understanding what it is. Today we're talking about ransomware. What is ransomware? Ransomware is a type of malicious software attack where the attack is encrypt an organization data and systems in demand payment 
to restore access. You know, this is particularly a threat in the healthcare sector. We've seen that the healthcare sector has been the number one target for ransomware over the years that has continued into 2021, and we expect that to continue into the foreseeable future. Well, let's sort of dissect what ransomware is, right? Again, ransomware is a malicious software attack that where an organization, where an attacker attacks the organization's data and systems and, and, and restrict access to them until and unless ransom is paid. This is important to note because although ransomware has grown in complexity over the last few years, uh, ransomware has been around for 20 plus years. Why is this important to note? Because I've been dealing with business owners and business leaders for over 20 years. And one of the things that is of most concern you know, to them, especially when it comes to dealing with not just the security industry, but the security landscape as a whole, is the fact that, you know, every year there's a new threat, right? So they're sort of, you know, ricocheting from ransomware to phishing to hacking to, you know, the list goes on. And, you know, as business owners, especially within the small business you know, community, you know, there's a feeling that you're playing whack-a-mole, right? Today is this issue. Tomorrow is going to be another issue, and 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 so on and so on. And how how do you keep up? This is important to note because I think we have to really change that conversation. And how do we do that? Well, let's take multiple steps back. Right in today's day and age, we exist in an information age. Everything we do, including managing the healthcare system, providing care to patients, supporting the infrastructure that provides care to patients is dependent on data and systems, right? So therefore we know as organizations that our systems and our data is mission critical, critical to, to, to delivering the services that we are here to provide. You know, typical business risk management, because those are mission critical assets, they must be protected. We must protect our data. We must protect our systems. And if there is any occurrence, any event, any incident that causes us to lose access to those data and systems, we must have the capability to recover said access, right? This is business risk management 101. And everything that we talk about for the rest of this presentation flows from that. Point being, there is nothing new here, right? If I pull up a security risk management presentation that I gave 20 years ago, most of these best practices will be found in them, right? So there should not be a feeling that, yes, another day, another new attack, uh, you know, another round of preaching from the security folks about things we should do. These are things that you should always have been doing, and these should not be new. Protecting your data and systems, ransomware is just another threat in a list of long list of other threats, right? So let's take a look at the past year, because again, to, to better understanding where better understand where we are and where things are trending, we have to know where we come from. 
there's been significant ransomware events over the course of 2020. We've had instances where hundreds of hospitals within a single healthcare provider out of Pennsylvania lost access to their systems for multiple weeks. We've have had, had uh, you know, incidents out of Vermont where we have thousands of system access being you know, disrupted at a cost of one and a half million dollars a day, even leading up to hundreds of employees being furloughed. I could go on and on and on about instances of significant ransomware attack within the healthcare sector over the past year. Again, what are some of the real world, real world impacts, particularly to patients, right? All of these healthcare organizations, you've had scores of incidents where you know, ambulances had to be rerouted, right? Not to the nearest healthcare facility, but to one much further away because the, 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 the nearest healthcare facility had lost access to its systems due to a ransomware attack. We've had instances in which you know, cancer patient treatments had to be delayed. Instances in which we've talked about, again, hundreds of staff being furloughed, um, you know, uh, patients have lost access to their medical records, and on and on and on. The impact that we see is real, and it has real world consequences. There's an organization within the um, Department of Health and Human Services called the Health Sector Cybersecurity Coordination Center. And what this entity does, it, it tracks ransomware uh, you know, you know, incidents globally, right? And report on it to the healthcare sectors. And what we found in their most recent reporting is that 60% of the incidents that they've tracked has impacted the U.S. healthcare sector. And of more importance is that 72% of those incidents, there were instances of data being leaked. We talk about, again, ransomware being an attacker denying you access to your data and your systems. But to compound that impact, we also have the attacker stealing that information, stealing that data, and releasing it. And that is an impact that we will uh, you know, um, talk about further in the presentation. So some stats, right? Um, we find that based on their reporting, a third of the healthcare organizations within the past year was hit by a ransomware attack. Two thirds of those, the attacker was successful in encrypting their data, right? Um, a third of them, the organizations did pay the ransom, right? A little less than half were able to use their own backups to restore access to their data. But one of the things that is of keynote is that of 93% of the organizations that were impacted, only 69% were able to restore all of their data and their systems even after they paid the ransom. So the impact of a ransomware attack doesn't just go away if you pay, right? There are many, many instances that even if the attacker does return access to your data to you, it is not in a form in which you are able to fully 100% restore your systems. So that's why they need to be better prepared for a ransomware attack is very important. You can't look at 
the past year in talking about in the state of cybersecurity, cyber threats without looking at the at the effects of COVID-19. COVID-19 led to a migration of the workforce, including within the healthcare sector, right? From the office to the home, right? Many organizations, even within healthcare organizations, have the have the ability, privilege to allow personally owned devices on their, their, their office or their work network to perform some business tasks. What you find with this mass migration of staff from the office to the home is you have businesses now depending on personal devices to perform business functions without, without having the right kinds of infrastructure in place to protect the data in the network. And that has led to an increase in not just attacks against home networks, but also an exposure of corporate networks from vulnerabilities that are introduced from the employees' homes, right? More importantly, what we've seen over the course of the past year is that there's been significant targeted attack, one, against all of us, right, as you know, citizens, as users of healthcare services. Because typically what you find is that when there's an, a large global event that attracts mass attention, attackers tend to, to use that as an avenue to perpetrate phishing attacks because there is interest, right? If, I, if you receive an email that talk about making advances in vaccines or you know, an outbreak in your community or you know, a potential of you know, another lockdown, Yes, a lot of people would click on that email or open up, you know, that link because that's information that they want to know. What we also seen from organizations reporting, such as the FireEye, that there's been significant increase in targeted attack against hospitals, you know, vaccine infrastructure, um, you know, you know, manufacturers, you know, trying to again get access to you know, vaccine research, trying to disrupt. Right, our vaccine supply chain, these things are happening and there's a significant impact due to, again, the effects of COVID-19. Another thing that we want to look at is in the payments, right? Um, again, a lot of organizations tend to pay the ransom and what we've seen that there's been an increase over the past year of ransom payments and the amount of ransom that is being paid. That increase, we see that there's an average ransomware payment of over $150,000, and that goes up to the millions of dollars, right? So we will talk about a case study in which you know, an, an, an organization paid over $4 million to, to you know, regain access to its you know, systems. Why are we seeing this increase in the average payment? That is because we've seen a more focus of attackers of organized cyber attack syndicates against larger organizations, right? You know, over the years, 2018, 2019, there's been sort of a scattershot, you know, you know, um, attack by opportunity approach, right? If you're vulnerable, we're going to encrypt your systems and ask you for, you know, $5,000, $6,000, $20,000, right? But, but what, what we found now is that going into the end of 2020, into 2021, there's been more sophisticated attacks, ransomware attacks against larger organizations, more employees, 
and with requests for millions of dollars in ransom. What are some of the common industries that um, are being attacked? As we said, healthcare still remains number one. That's why we're here today having this conversation because the healthcare industry is the most targeted industry for ransomware today and has been over the past few years and we expect that to continue. How are these attacks occurring? The number one vector, the number one avenue for ransomware attack is phishing. Right? We should all be familiar with the concept of a phishing attack today, where an attacker sends you an email purporting to be something of interest. You open that email, you download that attachment, you click on that link, and they gain access to your network to be able to exploit your systems. Right? The second most popular vector of ransomware attack is the remote desktop capability. Why is this actually absolutely very key today? Why? Because as I said, over the course of the past year, year and a half, what we have seen is a migration right, of the workforce from in the office to the home. Typically, most of those employees need to connect back to the office to be able to perform their job functions. Within the computer operating system, Microsoft has a remote desktop capability that allows the user across the internet to connect from one computer to the, you know, to another computer and see the desktop as if they were sitting in front of that computer. This capability has typically been used by IT staff and remote worker for years. However, now with the mass migration of the workforce to the home this capability has been increased they have been used across the board to open up corporate networks to remote desktop connections which have led to an increase in the attacks against this capability to gain access to corporate networks it is the second most common vector for ransomware attack now there are secure means of doing this. What makes this even critical is that from the um, business side of the organization, most organizations don't really fully understand what their IT staff is doing, right? What the IT subcontractor is doing, what their IT service provider is doing. So as a business, you're saying, IT, I need to be able to connect to my desktop, to my office desktop from whom? They're giving you a secure means to, you know, to, you know, to do that. The fact that this means is now being commonly exploited by attackers is, is something to take note of. There's a question to ask your IT, hey, you have given me remote access. How secure is that remote access? What we're seeing, again, as I mentioned earlier, an increase in sophistication of these cyber attacks. The concept of a ransomware attack is what? I'm gonna restrict access to your data until you pay me. What you're seeing though, is that after an initial compromise, right, whether it's phishing or remote um, um, desktop that we've talked about, or the fact that your you know, network devices that are sitting at the edge of your you know, corporate network is not secure. You know, once they're able to gain access to the business network, they're able to increase their access 
expand across systems within the network and not just encrypt the data, but first exfiltrate the data, steal the data, right? Copy the data off to, to the you know, attacker's network before, before they are encrypting it, right? And what you, what you typically find is that all of the best practices around protecting yourselves from ransomware tell you to, again, back up your data, back up your systems. But what we found is that if your backups are connected to the network, the attackers are able to destroy your backups, right? Uh, so they're able to export your data, encrypt your systems, and 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 not just threaten to not release your 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 data to you if you don't pay, but also threaten to release your data on the open internet. Typically, if we're talking about healthcare organizations, we're talking about PHI protected health information. And there are that has significant implications, right? From you know reporting to you know to to um, OCR to notifying all of your all of your you know patients to some of the other impacts of you know a data breach to the organizations, and we have a a, a, a compounded impact to the organizations based on ransomware attacks. So now that we've looked at the landscape. Let's take a brief look at a couple of case studies. The first case, um, case study, Skylakes Medical. This is unique because this is one incident in which we are able to gain firsthand analysis from the organization themselves. There's been a, you know, reporting uh, where you know, an analyst working for this organization came out and was interviewed to talk about, hey, this is what happened to us. We want to put this information out there so that all other organizations within our industry should protect itself. So Skylakes was what was one of a dozen or so healthcare providers that experienced significant ransomware attacks late in 2020. So what happened? It should all sound unfamiliar at this point, right? An employee opened a phishing email. And within that email, there was a link. And the employee downloaded a file about company bonuses. Now, why, why, why would such an employee do that? The backstory here is that this is an employee who was leaving the organization, so was very interested in what their bonus structure was going to be as they exited the, you know, the organization. Going back to the point that we made earlier, attackers typically leverage points of interest in their phishing emails, right? But if, if you are targeted, they're going to find things that would be of interest to you to increase the likelihood that the, that the, the, the you know, intended target is going to open that email, click on that link, down um, that file. So what happened? Employee downloads file, computers start to, you know, to glitch, we all had to reboot our computers from time to time, right? Um, computer had to reboot, the employee had to reboot the computer. Um, the employee did not report this to the IT or security department. Questions abound about training within that organization that would, if one, if one were to look at that sequence of events, right? 
receive an email, click on a link in the email, downloads a file from the email, computer starts to glitch, freeze up, employee has to restart computer to regain access, right? That sequence of events should be reported to your IT because that is a primary indicator that your computer has just been you know, compromised. However, in this case, a report was not made and this incident was not discovered until the after hours teams started to get multiple reports of system slowdown, systems being knocked off the network after hours, and within days, the organizations had to shut down all of its computers, over 2,500 of them and 600 plus servers in order to limit the spread of this ransomware attack. This ransomware attack led to over four weeks of effort to recover the systems, led to a full enterprise system upgrade of over 2,000 devices, and all of the costs associated with that. Why? Starting with a phishing attack, starting with the impact of that phishing attack not being you know, reported, hundreds of thousands of dollars, four weeks of effort to recover them. Another incident that we want to take a look at briefly uh, is the Colonial Pipeline. Now, this is not this is not a specific healthcare sector attack, but I want to highlight this, you know, because the healthcare sector is not just the only sector being, you know, targeted. And this this incident highlights sort of the more of the real world impact of these types of attacks as well as what we're seeing and why we're seeing these larger, more sophisticated ransomware attacks, because now we have a cyber criminal model called the ransomware as a service, right? We've all heard of software as a service, right? Now we have hacking as a service where, you know, without any capability, you can pay a cyber crime syndicate to attack any target provider you can afford it. You know? So what happened with Colonial um, Pipeline? May 6th of this year, Colonial Pipeline is attacked with a ransomware attack. May 7th, the very next day, Colonial Pipeline pays $4.4 million in ransom. Right? The following day, Colonial Pipeline has to shut down its servers and its services and some of its pipelines. Right? Uh, because they were still unable to recover all of their systems and all of their data. And in this particular instance, they have lost the, the um, availability of their payment collection systems that led to the shutdown of the pipeline, which the Colonial Pipeline is probably, as you can see from um, the map on the screen, is one of the largest um, gas pipeline supplying most of the East Coast. Okay. So what is the real world impact here, right? Initial attack, May 6th. Six days later, May 12th, right? The Colonial Pipeline Company has started to restore its system. But because of the perceived gas sh sh um, shortage, based on the, the reporting, what you essentially had up and down the East Coast is a 
run on gas, right? Everyone afraid that they're not going to be able to get gas, ran to the gas stations, filled up all of the tanks, not just the car tanks, but started to fill out containers to be able to stockpile you know, gasoline, right? Because of the fear that this caused in the community. I recall instances in which I had to drive around for 30 minutes to an hour to find a gas station in my neighborhood, in my community, that actually had the gas I needed for my car. Not just to do that, but then to spend 15, 20 minutes in line just to get to the pump and find out that they didn't have any premium gasoline, all they had was regular, and I had to get what I had to get, right? Real world impact that, you know, we're able to see impacted in our daily lives. So now that we've sort of looked at the landscape, let's spend the next 20 minutes or so talking about how do we manage this risk? I want to preface this by returning to how we started. Ransomware attack attacks access to your data and your systems. Your data and your systems are business critical. Therefore, you should have a program in place within your organization to protect your data and systems, even if you never heard the word ransomware, right? So this is not new. None of these best practices are new. So one should not feel as if yet another set of things being told to you by the security industry. How do we manage risk? There are 10 best practices that we're going to review in the next 20 minutes. One, start, we start by talking about employee training. Right? We got instances where employee clicked on that link. Should they have clicked on the phishing link? Right? Do, two, keeping one's devices patched. Right? An attacker can gain access to your network by a phishing attack. However, you have to have underlying vulnerabilities in your network infrastructure, in your computers, in your servers, for them to be able to exploit and gain deeper, greater access, right? Implement data backup and recovery. Back up your critical data. Test how you're able to recover that in the instant, in the instant that you are not able to access it. Yes, a ransomware attack can prevent you from accessing your files, but your server crashing can prevent you from accessing your files, right? So again, these are not best practices that are unique to ransomware. Have endpoint security software installed on your computers. All of your computers and servers should have computer security software installed, in a virus, in a malware, in a firewalls, et cetera. Leverage email filtering software, right? Again, if, if email is the primary avenue through which phishing attacks are conducted and ransomware is introduced to the, to the organization, you should have the capability to filter all of your inbound and outbound emails. Implement multi-factor authentication, right? Using my password is dead. That is, that is no longer sufficient for protecting access to business critical systems and networks. Next, implement your security policies and procedures. Have plans in place, plans in place to guide how employees behave, procedures for how to identify these types of, of email attack, and plans to what to do if, when 
right? We'll talk some more um, about that when we get to that particular slide. Next, encourage incident re you know, re reporting. Going back to our case study, right? User clicks on link, downloads files, computer starts, starts the glitch does not report to IT. Hey, this is happening. What do you think? Right. Next, test your security program. If you have these, these, these controls in place, are they effective? Do you have the necessary you know, software in, 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 you know, within the organization to protect yourself? Do you have the necessary policies? Are your employees sufficiently trained? You will not know until you test that proposition. And lastly, cyber attacks are going to happen. Therefore, the impact of cyber attacks are going to happen. As much as we can prepare right, for a cyber incident, we have to be able to recover from a cyber incident. That comes at a cost that where cyber um, you know, life, you know, liability insurance comes into play. So let's dig into these a little bit deeper. One, ransomware training, right? You know, a lot of organizations do, if they do anything at all, right? They do this checkbox once a year, sit there for an hour training that is not effective, right? If you have an employee that has received an email and they have to make a decision whether or not they click on that email, to open that file, to download that link, right? You don't want them to have to harken back to a one hour session nine and a half months ago, right? You want them to remember the training that they received two weeks ago about think twice before you click on these links, notify your IT department if you are concerned or if you even have doubts. Consistent engaging training content is necessary to change employee behavior because the primary vector for cyber attacks is through users and employees, right? Both business users and IT staff, right? So part of our managed security program is we have a managed security awareness um, um, training program where we provide monthly security training videos on topics about phishing and ransomware and so forth. And these only take four to five minutes a month, right? Four to five minutes, refresh your employees so that when they're making business decisions in your day-to-day -day operations, they can harken back to what they've saw, what they read, uh, videos and training that they've received recently to make safe decisions that aren't going to put the organization at risk. Next, you have to keep your devices patched and up to date. Again, a phishing attack might give an attacker access to your network, but in order for them to really encrypt your files, in order for them to really expand their access, in order for them to travel across your network from server to server, there has to be underlying vulnerabilities that exist. For most cyber incidents, there are, you know, attackers are exploiting vulnerabilities that for which there's already solutions, there's already patches, right? So you have to have the capability of, again, keeping your systems up to date and to be able to monitor the patch status, okay? Within our managed security program, that's part of what 
we do. We manage the patch the you know patching and updates of all of your, your you know not just computers and servers, but also the software that resides on them. You have to know to keep your systems updated to again control the potential for significant impact due to attacks that you know you are going to receive. Back up your data, right? There are best practices around not just regularly performing data backups, but also regularly testing that you can actually restore your systems from these data backups. There is nothing worse than discovering that you do not have a functioning backup when you need it. We've had many clients that we've come to work with who at the start of that you know, relationship, they're shocked to discover one, not even that even if their backups are still running, but the fact that, yeah, they've been backing up the systems regularly, but the backups aren't functioning in such a way that they're able to recover from it. One of the things that we talk about, about the increased sophistication of attackers with respect to ransomware is that attackers now have the ability to find your network backups and destroy them. That's why it's also important to maintain offline backups, again, and test your capability to recover your systems using those offline backups. Use endpoint security software, not just antivirus. There's, there's, you know, antispyware, antimalware, intrusion protection systems, intrusion detection systems, firewall systems. There are, there's, there's, there's security software capability today that include all of those functions in a single security agent, in a single software. So you want to ensure that, again, you are securing your systems commiserate with the avenues that the attackers are attacking your system, right? And one of the things that we do, again, as part of our managed security service is we provide, you know, endpoint security software that allow us to monitor the status of your security software. Right? Is your is your antivirus updated? Is it performing scams? Is your firewall enabled? Is it protecting your system? Right? Are you monitoring network connections to your system? How can you detect ransomware attacks? How can you detect other types of you know, security incidents if you are not monitoring your endpoints? There are solutions out there that allows an organization to do so. Talk to your managed service providers, talk to your IT service you know, your providers, talk to your um, internal IT staff, you know, look at other providers like MC Global Check that is able to bridge the gap in, for you. But the question is, are you monitoring the security software that are supposed to protect your systems? Email filtering. Again, Going back to our primary vector for ransomware attack is email, right? Fishing email. Therefore, you should have the capability to filter all inbound and outbound emails. One of the services we provide is a managed you know, email security platform. The, 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 the graphic on the screen is showing my personal email mailbox, right? Where we see 50% of the connections to me were blocked because they were not legitimate um, um, in the connections. 
right? 20% of those emails that are received were blocked as spam, right? There were less than 1% each of fraud of malware, but only 29%, less than a third of the emails that I received were legitimate clean emails, right? That is pretty consistent. The fact that less than a third of the emails that are going to come to your email mailbox are ones that you want to come to your email mailbox. If phishing email attacks are the primary vector for ransomware and other cyber incidents within your organizations, you should have a affordable means of protecting your mailbox and your users from these types of attacks, right? Yes, you want to train your employee not to click on that link within a phishing email. What's even better is protecting the employee from receiving that email in the first place. Right? There are affordable means to do so. Talk to your IT service you know, um, providers MC Global Tech can help. Password is dead, right? You should implement two-factor authentication for accessing all of your mission-critical systems and applications. Two-factor authentication is one in which after you enter a username and, 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 and password, you have to use some additional authenticating mechanism to do so, right? It could be an additional email. It could be, you know, a token, a hardware token of uh, some kind. It could be, uh, you know, it could be uh, an, an, an additional email. Uh, it could be some hardware token of some kind. You know, it, it, I mean, there are there are additional apps and things that you can um, leverage to be able to implement two-factor authentication. Most systems and cloud-based applications today have the capability built into it. You just have to enable it. Okay. For your systems that don't, there are third-party solutions available. We are able to recommend a long list of you know, solutions that you can implement. Again, there are very affordable options for protecting access to your systems via two-factor authentication. You should have policies and procedures within your organizations how employees should behave, how your IT should be managed, contingency plans, what should we do if, right? What do you do if you experience a ransomware attack? You should have a plan already defined of what to do, right? What, what, what's our incident response procedures, right? It doesn't have to be complicated. If you have a third-party provider that you that you have already you know, identified to support you, or you have a managed IT service provider, talk to your managed IT service you know, provider. If our systems are are you know, compromised, what can we do? What should we do? If we suspect we are the target of a ransomware um, you know, attack, what are our procedures that we can expect? our employees to follow? What are our disaster recovery plans? These are business critical risk management items that all organizations should have, and it doesn't have to be complicated to do, right? Okay. Again, what did we talk about at the beginning? If your data and your systems are critical to the mission of the organization, you should have plans in place of what to do if your data and systems are impacted.
Business Risk Management 101. This is so critical, right? Going back to our case study, employee receives phishing email, employee clicks on link, employee downloads file, computer starts to glitch, employee has to restart. Those are primary indicators that you have been compromised. Encourage incident reporting within the organization. First, you have to have an incident you know, report policy right, that, that identifies whom to report to and how, right? But you should encourage this within the organization. A lot of employees don't do so because they fear losing their jobs, right? It is better for you if that employee was free to call up IT or call up you know, the business leader or the business manager and say, hey, I clicked on this link, my computer started to act funny. I don't know, can someone take a look at this, right? We talked about the case with in, in our case study, right? Four weeks of work, thousands of systems needing to be rebuilt or upgraded. We talk about impact of potentially $1.5 million a day. Again, these are things that can be mitigated if employees are encouraged to report incidents that could be potential security incidents. You don't need your employees to be to be to be trained and, and, and qualified security, you know, you know, I'm a professional to be able to identify one attack from the from you know you know the next right however you need employees to be trained that if i'm unsure if i see something suspicious or out of the ordinary i'm going to tell somebody the employees need to be comfortable enough to do that and second to the last you have to test your security regular internal and external security assessments helps you identify your vulnerabilities before your attackers do i didn't to go with it perform at MC Global Tech, we perform a whole series of security. At MC Global Tech, we perform a whole series of security um, you know, assessment, both internal to the organization to, ex to the external to the organizations to help identify, hey, where are your weaknesses? How do you show up your weaknesses so that not in the event, so that we know that it was not a matter of if you're going to experience a cyber attack, but when you have to be prepared and if you are prepared you are able to withstand that and withstand that in good stead a lot of small organizations that we work with don't perform you know security assessment there are, there are very affordable means to be able to identify pathways into your organizations that attackers can take so that you can mitigate that mc global tech can help and lastly Managing a security incident comes at a cost, right? That's what insurance is for, to be able to cover both direct and indirect costs of these security incidents, right? You have to read the fine print. You have to, there's, there's, there's a whole plethora of policies out there offering you many different kinds of benefits covering many different kinds of security impacted incidents but find research and find the one that best fit your organization right do a cost benefit you know, analysis what is the potential impact or the potential cost to my organization versus 
the cost of a security policy, right? We talked about potential ransomware payments up to millions of dollars. We talked about the average right, ransomware you know, payment over $150,000, right? We talked about potential incidents of costing potentially for large organizations one and a half million dollars a day, right? Uh, we talked about organizations losing access to their systems for multiple weeks. All of that comes at a cost. And cyber liability insurance can help underwrite some of that cost. So in closing, right, what do we know? One, this is not whack-a-mole, right? Ransomware attacks are renewed. They're increasing in sophistication, but they're not happening in a vacuum. Ransomware is an attack against your data in your systems. There are other types of attacks against your data in your systems. There are, there are other types of events within the organization that may not be a cyber attack that may impact access to your data in your systems. Right? So if the data in your systems are mission critical, but we say you have to protect your data in your systems. Independent of ransomware considerations, right? you have to build in the capability, have plans in place to be able to recover access to your data and your systems. Attackers succeed because of one, lack of training, right? Two, insecure system security configurations, right? Again, yes, an, 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 an insufficiently trained employee could click on the link, could download a file. But you know what? They have to be underlining weaknesses and vulnerabilities within the corporate network and on the company's systems for an attacker to exploit and deploy ransomware. Right? Attackers succeed because of inadequate security controls, the things that we that we listed earlier, right? Email filtering, security software on all of your computers and servers. Right? Patch management, make sure that your patches are up to date, right? All of these are security controls that are business critical and there are affordable options for all of these. Something, I mean, we, we're not hopeless, we will get attacked. We will see the impact of more ransomware and other cyber attacks throughout 2021 uh, and the foreseeable future. But again, there's no need to panic. We can be prepared and sufficiently withstand that. Lastly, in the event of a cyber attack, um, you know, contact your local FBI field office. You can report to the um, US search or the FBI's Internet Crime um, Complaints Center. Right? Uh, there, are, there, are, there are also um, capabilities out of Health and Human um, Services. There's a healthcare-specific um, you know, cybersecurity information sharing center out of the health sector cybersecurity um, coordination center, the information, the contact information is on screen. Um, there's help available. There's information available. Everything that I've told you today, that information is out there. If there's an interest in better securing your organization, there are, there are a lot that organizations can do more than they are doing today. That is very affordable. Uh, 
a lot of it even comes at no cost at all, right? But there are resources available. You are not alone. If you have questions or concerns, you know, MC Global Tech can help. So with that, I'm open to questions. Okay, thank you so much, William. Um, that was a really wonderful presentation. And we do have a few questions here. So um, one of the first that we have is um, uh, someone asked, what is ransomware? And I think that they're probably asking is, um, you know, we we know, um, you know, we know about, of course, we're all familiar with um, what is what is a ransom because we're familiar with that with, you know, kidnapping and um, um, the word um, with that. But um, could you review again, and I know you went over this in the beginning of the presentation, but um, when you speak of the word ransomware, um, as, a, as a very kind of like basic question, um, in ransomware, are you speaking of, um, I think this is probably maybe what the person was asking, um, is this coming from like an actual um, individual or is it coming from like a computer or, um, you know, where, when we, when you say ransomware, um, what exactly does that, does that mean? So by definition, right, just sort of a recap, mm -hmm. you know, a ransomware is, a, an, is an attack in which an attacker takes control of your data and your systems restrict access by encrypting right your data and your systems and demands payment for returning that to you right um that 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 is most basic definition where that comes from today is that what what we've seen is a trend towards increased sophistication where there are cyber crime organizations out there that are targeting large healthcare entities uh, and, and encrypting their data and demanding ransom. Uh, but there's there's also a lot of small, small organizations that are you know, targets of opportunity, right? In which, again, they have had their servers and their computers on their network encrypted and attackers are demanding payment, typically via some type of you know, cryptocurrency or um, Bitcoin. Uh, in order to give them the keys to decrypt and return access to them. Um, so, but one of the things that I wanted to stress on is that don't get caught up in the, in, in the fear of ransomware, right? Anything that prevents you from accessing your data and your systems is a problem. Put controls in place to restrict that. Um, and, and, and that's that's what we you know, um, focus should be on. Okay. Um, who, so, so you mentioned uh, um, a little bit of this, but we had another question. Who is at risk for ransomware? Is it just larger type of entities or is, um, or are smaller or, or is everyone? Everyone with a computer attack, with a computer that's connected to the internet is uh, at the risk of ransomware. There's been a lot of instances where homeowners, right, just regular person at home connecting to the internet to serve, have had their home personal computers locked up based on ransomware. Um, a lot of these attacks are automated, 
right? So there's no real attention. I mean, you 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 may not necessarily be targeted just as a matter of target of opportunity, right? So everyone is at risk. However, there's a trend that we've seen over the years of attack syndicates, you know, cybercrime gangs essentially have targeted much larger organizations because you can't demand a $5 million ransom from you know, a regular homeowner, but you can do it from a hospital center, right? Uh, but the bottom line is a ransomware is an attack that comes via the internet. So any system at all, from phones to other mobile devices, to laptops, to uh, you know, tablets, uh, to desktops, to servers, any device that is connected to a network is at risk of ransomware attack. Okay. Um, and then what are some signs of a ransomware attack? So typically a primary indicator is that when 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 your when your device has been compromised by you know a ransomware actor, you know, what, what you will see is that your desktop or your browser is locked up and, and a screen will be presented to you with instructions, essentially a ransom note, right? Pay X amount by these means, by this date, or you will lose access to your data and systems forever, right? So it is plain as day that you have been, that you are the victim of a ransomware attack. Another um, telltale signs is that typically when, when your files are, are encrypted, um, the you know, extensions of your files change. So if you look at you know, the files that you have on your computer today, it is typically you know, dot, you know, um, you know, DOC, you know, DOCX, you know, dot, you know, PDF, um, um, you know, dot, um, you know, um, you know, Excel, um, and, and, and typical file storage format that we are all familiar with. Well, typically what you will find is that an, an additional extension would be added to those files and you will be unable to open them, right? And, you know, it could be, you know, that CCC or that ECC or that, you know, and just, you know, acronyms, I mean, the acronyms, um, you know, a, a extension that will not mean anything to you. However, if you click on the file to open up, you know, the file, typically what you find is a scrambled document, right? Again, the files have been, in, you know, encrypted and it will be pretty evident to you that, you know, your files have been compromised. Mm, okay. Um, and so if that happens, how should a user respond um, to a ransomware attack? Um, what are What are some, good responses and what are some really um, some responses that you would definitely not not recommend so typically what what you want to do right because what 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 ransomware wants to do within your network is spread right one system gets compromised it spreads to the next and the next and the next and it spreads across the enterprise so the first thing you want to do to if you suspect you know a fiber incident of any kind, right, especially a ransomware attack, is to unplug that device, right? Unplug it, and not necessarily turn it off, 
but unplug it from the network. If you are on a Wi-Fi connection, disable your Wi-Fi. If you are, you know, you know, um, connected to an internet jack in the wall, unplug, you know, that internet, you know, jack. Right. If you're on a mobile device, turn on airplane mode, or you know, disable your um, Wi-Fi uh, wi or you know, Bluetooth um, connections, right? This helps, you know, prevents the spread of the ransomware within your organization. Then if you have any other external device, where right? you have, you know, USB drives or you have, you know, external drives plugged into your network, especially if you have, you know, backup systems plugged into your network, you want to you know, disconnect all of those, anything that you can do to prevent the spread on your network. And lastly, report the incident. Report, report the incident to your management, to your IT group, to your security group, and let them know that, hey, I'm seeing this behavior. Can someone help me, right? That is typically the one, two, three, or how, how this should be you know, approached within the organization, get help. Uh, what are some things, you know, as you said, not to do, right, is to again, leave your devices connected to the network and try to figure out what's happening or try to sort of undo what happened, right? The first thing that you have to do is essentially, you know, stop the impact, right? Confine the attack, essentially stop the bleeding. And that's what you should do and get professional help. Help is available, you know, get help. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Um, I think we're just about um, wrapping up our time. But did you have any other um, advice for us before we before we end our presentation? I think I'm going to you know end as I started. Right. Um, don't 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 be overwhelmed by yet another sort of security hot topic because probably next year we will be here talking about some other type of attack that you probably have never heard about but the bottom line for organizations is not to become experts on all the changing types of attacks that are happening the bottom line is that what what you find is that we have been consistent over the past two decades or more about the best practices that organizations should do to protect themselves the 10 best practices that are that are listed in my presentation today to help prepare for ransomware will be the exact same 10 best practices to protect your data and your systems if you have never heard of ransomware or if ransomware did not exist. So this is not new. You know, there are, there, 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 there are tried and true practices that should be implemented. If you need help on how best to do that in an easy, affordable way, get help. MC Global Tech is available there. There are you know, other services out there that are available, at least to provide an advisory, to provide you know, access to managed security you know, um, you know, services, even just to provide more you know, insight to increase your understanding so you're able to make safe business decisions about how you address the security of your organization. We're here to help. Okay, thank you so much, William. Very, very much appreciate it and very much appreciate your presentation today. Um, attendees, uh, 
please use the contact information that you can find in um, the the uh, um, um, on the screen here, and that don't forget that you're able to um, download these slides. Um, with a button on the side or the upper panel of your screen. Um, if you have any other questions, you can um, send them to us and we'll forward them on to, to William. And please remember your PACOM and your PMI CEU certificate will be emailed to you following um, within two days following the broadca broadcast. There's no need to request it. So, um, William, I wanted to thank you again so much for being here today. You're my pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. Attendees, you can register for any future webinars on, or request a demo of our compliance solution on our website at firsthcc.com or call us at 888-543-4778. And thank you for joining us.